0: Alright, sweet. Thank you guys. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. Late start. I'm not used to the noon noon start time. Um, But, yeah. I uh, Sorry. A lot going on on my screen all at once. Welcome in. Welcome in everyone. I am Sean Corey. You can find my streams, my podcasts, my blogs. Um, I do devotional readings and I have short clips on different channels and stuff. You can find all my stuff at SeanVPlanet.com or Linktree slash SeanVPlanet. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash SeanVPlanet. And follow me on social media at S-E-A-N-V-P-L-A-N-E-T. SeanVPlanet at SeanVPlanet on Gab, Instagram, Telegram, Social Galactic, Bertaria Times app. Those two apps are awesome if you want to check me out on those websites and apps. And I'm now on TikTok. I'm a TikToker with all the cool kids. So uh, follow me on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> follow me on the Chinese spyware program called TikTok and uh, watch me give little inspirational speeches and little mini devotional readings and stuff there. Um, gonna try to spread good on TikTok, you know? Gonna try to use that evil, evilness for good, to p- push good out into the world. Um, yeah. And well, today, um, I guess real quick, I was gonna be interviewing Robert. But he could not get off work. And life comes first. I always say this with all my guests and everything. Don't hate on Robert. Don't give him crap. Nothing. No. Total good excuse. He has he has a real life excuse. And real life is more important than me talking on my live stream to him. <laughs> so Robert's out crushing. He's working a day. Um, he's being a man, not just talking on a screen. So um, we're going to be rescheduling that interview. I think next month he's going to come on the stream and we're going to be talking. And I believe if everything works out next week, I'm going to be going on his stream, um, the Hanging with Bear stream on Instagram. So you can catch me on that. I believe it's going to be Monday. I think he said Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. I'm going to have to look that up. I'll get back to you. So follow me on social media to find out exactly when. I'll post um, beforehand. But follow, the, follow him. He's doing great work. Robear on Instagram, I believe. It's just robert and then uh, hanging with bears at hanging with bears on Instagram for some awesome. Um, you can watch the previous interviews he's had there with various interesting bears. Some you probably know and love from the chat and from the stream and from just social media and stuff, but awesome previous interviews with him there. Um, and yeah, just tune in, I think, Monday or sometime next week or in the next few weeks to see me being interviewed by him. And then I think next month he's going to be on my stream when he can get the work thing figured out. Um, thank you, everyone, in the chat for showing up. Um, instead of a cantist, my dude, hope all is well. Burning Tree, my dude, long time no see. Thank you for tuning in. Liberty Zero, uh, my, my dudes are here. King Friday is showing up on the Saturday um no video yeah i think twitch doesn't like me uh (laughs) twitch either doesn't show the video or it doesn't show the audio usually that's why i don't like telling people to go there i think i think like one third of the time the video doesn't work one third of the time the audio doesn't work and one third of the time it works fine so um Yeah, for anyone out there watching the replay of this or right now who can't get Twitch to work as we speak, uh, check me out at dlive.tv slash SeanVPlanet. And now I'm on trovo.live slash SeanVPlanet. That seems to be where people are moving now that everyone's being censored from DLive um, or monetarily grabbled on DLive. Um, I'm also on YouTube until they kick me off. uh, (laughs) My YouTube channel, SeanVPlanet there. You can watch me live stream there. And also Periscope. Periscope, um, I don't know what the website link is, but if you have the Periscope app, you can find my channel, Sean v Planet, and watch me there, or on my Twitter. My Twitter, if you know that or follow that, um, there's a link there for that, um, live. You can watch, pull out on, pull on my Twitter feed and the video is going live through Periscope, streaming there. Um, Post Jazz, my dog, thank you. Um, my girlfriend's in the chat, you wish me a happy birthday. I thank you everyone for the birthday wishes. Speaking of my girlfriend, I never even explained this. Let me, let me show this awesome thing my girlfriend made me for Christmas. Um, you can see this. It's like a block of wood. Pretty cool block of wood. With uh, We call it the doxology at the church I work at. But this hymnal, praise God from whom all blessings flow. With some cool, like, Rustic, steampunk, uh, Gears. Yeah, pretty cool. Bullets, you know? Big bullet man. <laughs> Bullets are expensive, you know? But not expensive these days. But my girlfriend's attached them to a Christmas present for me. And like a little uh, string. Play guitar on that. So yeah, put a lot of time and effort into this. Um, some writing on the back. to Sean. Yeah? Oh yeah. Love you, babe. Love you, babe. Thank you for tuning into the chat. Um, and thank you for the Christmas present and the birthday wishes. And tonight we're having a little birthday uh, Bible study. So that'll be good. That'll be fun. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's there. That's always, if you're wondering what that is, this also is like pine cones and stuff. Bullets, pine cones, blocks of wood, cotton, kind of leftovers from my girlfriend's arts and crafts stuff that I just thought was cool. So, um, yeah. Yeah. If you're ever wondering, one day I'll have to just go through all my stuff. Like these are a bunch of CDs, a bunch of old CDs I've collected throughout the years. Um, Books, I I have to just pull out all my books and stuff. These are like the books I'm reading and studying. These are always like the top shelf is always like the, the, it's either Bibles, I have like different Bibles right here. That's such a point. I have Bibles right here. I have a kid's Bible. I actually have like the kid's Bible, the Jesus Storybook Bible, and like a Bible for teenagers. And then this is my Bible. I have my real Bible in my car, take it wherever I go. My Orthodox Study Bible is like my real go-to. The Orthodox uh, King James Version Bible. And then I got Screw Tape Letters, which I'm about to start reading from C.S. Lewis. And we're going to be talking about C.S. Lewis today. I'm going to be showing some clips of him and then I got Hero with a Thousand Faces I think James Campbell, I think is his name Joseph Campbell Joseph Campbell, the Hero with a Thousand Faces um, so I just finished reading two books um, one is called Pursuit of God it's going to be a stream coming up here in a week or two I'm going to be doing about um, an A.W. Tozer book called The Pursuit of God awesome book, awesome read, awesome stream coming up as I readjust here uh, <laughs> And then after that, I read another book called Good Faith. And we're going to be doing a stream in the future about that as well. And then I'm starting to read these two books. And then we'll do a stream probably in two months or three months. I'll have a stream about the Screw Tape Letters and about uh, Hero with a Thousand Faces. So, yeah, that's kind of future, future plans. And we'll be rescheduled with Robert. I have this guy, Nazarene Follower. Um, I don't even know his real name. I just know him as his screen name, Nazarene Follower, is supposed to be coming on my stream next week, and if he doesn't, um, if he can't make it, or has to cancel or whatever, the stream next week is going to be Pursuit of God, so either next week or the week after that, I'll be doing Pursuit of God, uh, book review, and um, one of these two weeks, I'll be interviewing this guy called Nazarene Follower, who... uh, from what, I've, from what I've interacted with, he knows a lot and he has some interesting takes on Christianity and the Bible. So we're going to be having kind of like a debate discussion about like the Bible and faith. Um, people have like warned me about him, but he seems pretty cool and pretty chill. And he's always in my streams giving good comments and good insights um, on Instagram. So I'm going to give him a chance to hear him out. And we're going to have like a little kind of mini debate slash discussion next week or the week after. And... I'll be talking about Pursuit of God. So those are my next streams. This stream, however, today is um, less about me and my thoughts and my, my reading. <laughs> um, less about me today. More about greater men than I. Um, you know, men with more profound thoughts and insights. Um, we're going to watch some poetry and philosophical clips. And in between those, I'm going to give some commentary and some thoughts. Um, and if you guys want to keep talking in the chat with each other, that's cool. If you want to send me questions or topics to cover, I will cover those in between the videos. but I have um, eight videos here. Some are like kind of long so we might not even play all of them. Um, I'm also fasting right now. I'm on like hour 23 of a fast. Yeah, hour 23 of a fast, so I'm pretty hungry. So after this I'm gonna be uh, eating. So we'll see how long I can last on these videos. (laughs) But they're really good, um, really good clips. I haven't even watched all of them. I have, yeah, eight clips here. Three of them are from C.S. Lewis. I've never seen them. I kind of know the the gist of what he's talking about and I've kind of heard people discuss what he talks about in these clips, but I've never seen these clips. So it's gonna be new to me as it might be new to you. Um, And then I have uh, five poems here. Um, I guess four poems and one is kind of like a short story Um, one from Teddy Roosevelt which I've never heard before one from Khalil Gibran which I've never heard before and one from Edmund Vance Cook which I've never heard before and then I have two poems I'm gonna play the first one here it's called If by Rudyard Kipling and I've heard it a couple times it's amazing I'm gonna start the stream off with this and we're gonna end it with it um, because it's just amazing and so profound and I want I want to share it with you. And then I've also heard this other one from Paul Harvey that I wanted to share with you, which we'll get to in a little bit, called "If I Were the Devil." Um, so yeah, so some of these clips I haven't seen. So as we're as you're watching them for the first time, I'm watching them for the first time, and I'll give you like my reaction, comments, and thoughts to them. Um, and yeah, thank you guys in the chat. Howdy, Post Jazz, my dude, um, Lauren. Thank you again for the birthday wishes and the gifts and whatever you got going for me tonight uh <laughs> whatever thing you have planned for me tonight thank you um very cool Well sick calligraphy skills yeah she's she's uh my girlfriend has like the most amazing handwriting and also the worst handwriting of all time at the like simultaneously it's kind of impressive how when she really like sits down and concentrates she has like the most impressive like almost looks like a machine made it handwriting But then when she, like, scribbles notes on my uh, calendar, it's, like, almost, you know, unlegible. (laughs) Almost unreadable. Um, It's pretty impressive how amazing her handwriting is and how horrible (laughs) and and psychopathic her handwriting can be. But uh, either way, love you, babe. Um, Calligraphy and cursive completely Fs in the algorithms. Yeah, yeah. the The computers can't read cursive um AIs and computers cannot read and comprehend cursive writing which is why the schools and corporations and governments are trying to phase that out um Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh Nazi Nips, he's going to tell you about the Torah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a debate cuz like we disagree on stuff but it's one of those things where um um Nazarene Follower. I think it's I don't know if it's Bear or not. I think he is a Bear, but I think his screen name is just Nazarene Follower. Um we disagree on some stuff, but when we've disagreed, um in our little chat our little like DM chat discussion and stuff, it's just healthy. It's like a healthy like this is where I stand, this is where you stand, I'll tell you what I believe, I'll tell you what I see, and you tell me what you see. Um so I think it is gonna be a good discussion whenever we meet up next week. Um and yeah, I want to hear them out. Mention yeah, bear meetup, Tennessee bear meetup next week. Um, what is it, the thirtieth? Yeah, the thirtieth. Any Tennessee Bears out there, or anyone willing to drive to Tennessee on the thirtieth um, from three to seven p.m. Uh, Ohio Fire, Ohio Fire Bear, Gravy Davy Bear, um, Forty Bear. There's going to be some other legends there I can't think of right now off the top of my head. We're having a bear meetup from um, 3 to 7 p.m. at um, in Hurricane Mills. And if you follow Ohio Fire Bear or Gravy Davy Bear on BearTaria Times app, you can find the info for that. Or if you just look in the Tennessee section, the Tennessee group pages of the BearTaria Times app. Um, yeah. My one requirement. People warned me about Nazarene follower having uh being shirtless. So the one requirement I have is that he has to wear a shirt. <laughs> Let me stream. I think he's just gonna be audio only. So uh, I don't know if he'll be on video. Uh, but everyone keeps warning me about his nipples, <laughs> which I don't know if that speaks more about you guys or more about him. Uh, why are you guys so focused and worried about his nipples, man? Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah so sweet we'll play this clip and then we'll talk keep answering me questions or sending me stuff in the chat thank you guys full greet instead of post jazz my dude um burning tree thanks to, good to see you back in the chat man i hope all is well with you and the fam um and yeah we'll play this this is if if by rudyard kipling rudyard kipling
1: If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, Or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream, and not make dreams your master. If you can think, and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster, and treat those two imposters just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools. Or watch the things you gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose, and start again at your beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, And so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, Hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son.
0: Yeah. Pretty profound. Pretty profound. Oh, getting knocks at the door. I think it's just a delivery. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you. But make allowance for their doubting too. Like pretty just boom, little, little little sentences that pack such a big punch if you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you if all men can count with you but none too much if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run yours is the earth and everything that's in it and which is more You'll be a man, my son. Yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of want to check that package because I think it's a hilarious sweatshirt that I ordered. (laughs) Maybe I could put it on during the stream. I'll check it as I play this next clip. Yeah, this next one is um, also pretty profound. I've never even listened to it. I specifically wanted to listen to it here live with you guys and get your take. Um, So I guess I won't check my door during it. But it's called How Did You Die by Edmund Vance Cook. I've heard, like, clips and quotes from it, but I've never heard the whole thing. So we're going to watch it right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. How Did You Die by Edmund Vance Cook. Did
1: you... Tackle that trouble that came your way with a resolute heart and cheerful, or hide your face from the light of day with a craven soul and fearful. Oh, a trouble's a ton, or a trouble's an ounce, or a trouble is what you make it. And it isn't the fact that you're hurt that counts. But only, how did you take it? You are beaten to earth? Well, well, what's that? Come up with a smiling face. It's nothing against you to fall down flat. But to lie there, that's disgrace. The hotter you are thrown, why the higher you bounce. Be proud of your blackened eye. It isn't the fact that you're licked that counts. It's how did you fight and why. And though you be done to the death, what then? If you battled the best you could. If you played your part in the world of men. Why? a critic will call it good. Death comes with a crawl. Or comes with a pounce. And whether he's slow or spry. It isn't the fact that you're dead that counts, but only how did you die.
0: Yeah, that's pretty deep. It isn't the fact that you're dead that counts, but only how did you die? So I did, I did check, I did check and open. I want to share with you guys on the package I just got. This is my my first shirt. <laughs> I got my degree finally from y'all university. Um, but more importantly, this is the one. This is the hilarious one. This is going to be my new favorite shirt. I'm going to wear everywhere. Um, see that? <laughs> yeah. Washington football team got renamed. Um, and I'm the, I got their first merch. I got their first bit of merch. Um. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I got a couple new shirts. Um, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Comment in the chat if you like my new shirts. Uh, yeah, I'll wear them next. I'll wear them next week on my stream. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's move right along. Next poem here is um, defeat. I've also heard this is a good one, but I've never. Um, actually, listen to it. So, um, yeah, Defeat by Khalil Gibran.
1: Defeat. My defeat. My solitude and my aloofness. You are dearer to me than a thousand triumphs and sweeter to my heart than all world glory. Defeat, my defeat, my self-knowledge and my defiance. Through you I know that I am yet young and swift of foot and not to be trapped by withering laurels. And in you, I have found loneliness and the joy of being shunned and scorned. Defeat, my defeat, my shining sword and shield, in your eyes I have read that to be enthroned is to be enslaved, and to be understood is to be leveled down, and to be grasped is but to reach one's fullness, and like a ripe fruit to fall and be consumed. Defeat, my defeat, my bold companion. You shall hear my songs and my cries and my silences, and none but you shall speak to me of the beating of wings and urging of seas and of mountains that burn in the night, and you alone shall climb my steep and rocky soul. Defeat, my defeat, my deathless courage. You and I shall laugh together with the storm. And together we shall dig graves for all that die in us. And we shall stand in the sun with the will. And we shall be dangerous.
0: That's pretty awesome. Defeat my defeat, my solitude and my aloofness, my self-knowledge and my defiance, my shining sword and shield, my bold companion. Defeat my defeat, my deathless courage. Yeah. You and I shall stand together with the storm and together we shall dig graves for all that die in us for all that die in us. That's pretty profound. And we shall stand in the sun with a will and we shall be dangerous. Chalaga, my dude, um, says, I've been lurking for 10 minutes. (laughs) I'm relearning cursive now based on the AI comment. Yeah, and I like the shirt. Gonna trigger some, yeah, oh yeah, that's my plan. Guys, I'm just a white enthusiast. Guys, I'm not a white supremacist, all right? I'm just a white enthusiast. <laughs> I just like white people. I don't think they're better. I don't think they should be the only race. I don't think they're, you know, I just, I really like white people. What's wrong with that? I can't like white people. I can't like my people. I'm just a white enthusiast. I'm not a white supremacist. How dare you? How dare you? I'm not, <laughs> I don't think we're better. I don't think anyone's better. I just, you know, I'm very enthused by the white culture and the white, the white lineage. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Morning, guys. Yeah. Post. Uh, yeah. Thank everyone. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Send me your questions in your comments. We're gonna move on here. Um, one more here. The Man and the Arena by Teddy Roosevelt. I've never seen this or heard this, but Teddy Roosevelt. I just the more I read about him, the more I'm like, man, he was our last good president. I'm pretty sure ever since the 1913, we haven't had a real actual president in America. I'm pretty sure they've all just been actors and puppets and stooges and cronies. Um, and I think that happened after Teddy Roosevelt. I think Teddy Roosevelt was such a crusher, <laughs> like such a legend, like such a man who just like stood strong and tall and didn't take crap from anyone. Um, I think after him, uh, they had to go out of their way to, like, make sure that never happened ever again. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but the more I read about him, quotes from him, stories about him, he just genuinely seems like a man. Like a man who wanted America to be full of strong, good men. And, uh, you know, all those little goblins in the banks, uh, those goblins in the caves changing our money out um, could not have that. They could not deal with a man in power anymore. So ever since we've had nothing but actors and stooges and cronies. But um, yeah. So I've never I've never I've heard this is good. It seems to be trending with a lot of his like famous quotes and poems and sayings and stuff. But uh, yeah, Teddy Roosevelt, we'll check this out. Give this a listen real quick, the
1: poorest way to face life is to face it with a sneer there are many men who feel a kind of twisted pride and cynicism there are many who confine themselves to criticism of the way others do what they themselves dare not even attempt there is no more unhealthy being no man less worthy of respect than he who either really holds or feigns to hold an attitude of sneering disbelief toward all that is great and lofty, whether in achievement or in that noble effort which, even if it fails, comes to second achievement. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat.
0: Yeah, that's pretty deep. no effort without error and shortcomings let me see here try to look up look it up i'm trying to look up the text because there is no effort without error or shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds it's not the critic that counts Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. Yeah. Whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Who strives valiantly. Who errs. Who comes short again and again. Because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. Yeah. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. Yeah, it's time to stop complaining online. It's time to stop complaining on Twitter and it's time to start uh, building and growing and doing. It's time to start being men again and not complaining about what ha- what's happening around us. Men don't complain, men build, they grow, they overcome. They fight, they strive, they thrive. Men don't uh, tweet, and facebook their complaints to the world and you know emotionally overreact to every little thing happening around them especially things happening on their screens not even in their real life like in their real personal life or in their community or in their family or to themselves Um, just complaints about things that are shown to you on screens thousands of miles away Um, the time for that emotional overreaction is over the time for crushing is upon us the time for crushing is upon us. The year of the crush. And Teddy Roosevelt, speaking of Teddy Roosevelt, we, are, we, need, to, we need to make sure we put our faces on Mount Crushmore. <laughs> we need to strive to be the faces that adorn Mount Crushmore. Um, and not the people trending on Twitter because we made a funny joke about Joe Biden or whatever. <laughs> Complaining about um, the hypocrisy of the left. Do you see how hypocritical they are? <laughs> Can you believe how hypocritical they are? Look at how hypocritical the left is. Uh, it's like, it's over guys. That time is over. We've been there, we've done that. It was useful. It was a learning process. Um, because with no effort, <laughs> without, <laughs> there is no effort without error and shortcoming. We have to make those errors. We have to realize the problems and our flaws. Um, In order to create in order to, to put in effort going forward in the future For whoever does actually strive to do the deeds who knows great Enthusiasms the great devotions who spends himself in a worthy cause Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst if he fails at least fails while daring greatly Who at the worst if he fails he at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither nor victory nor defeat. The timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. The people complaining on the internet who know neither victory nor defeat. They know only their emotional overreactions, their waste of time, their waste of space. We've been there, I've been there, we've been there, we've done that, but we need to learn, we need to grow, we need to progress past that, we need to overcome. We need to go out and crush. The time to crush is upon us. The year of the crush is before us. And may your place forever be enshrined on Mount Crushmore. Um, Not on a trending Twitter hashtag. (laughs) Stop complaining on the screens and start building, start growing, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Um, and be brave and be courageous and crush. Yeah, a Caucasian crusher. <laughs> a white enthusiast and a Caucasian crusher. That's what I want on my tombstone when I die. Sean Corey, you know, born nineteen ninety-one, died, you know, probably like twenty twenty-six or something. <laughs> Whenever they kill me in the gulags and re-education camps. Um Whenever I die in those in, like, what, 2025 or 2026 or whatever, whenever the, the Walmart FEMA camps are coming. Um, whenever they bury me, I want my tombstone to read, Sean Corey lied here. Um, a white enthusiast and a Caucasian crusher. <laughs> and we had to imprison him and attempt to re-educate him because he crushed so hard. We couldn't uh, keep him keep him penned and shackled. In the uh, Twitter gulag. <laughs> in the uh, in the nonsense that is the enslavement of our society with our emotional overreactions on, on our screens. Um, he refused to comply. The Caucasian crusher refused to comply. But, yeah. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt is not my new favorite president for sure. I think he might have been the last real president. I'm pretty sure after Teddy Roosevelt they had to just... You know, the creation of the Federal Reserve and all these global wars and globalism and yada yada. You know, you know the conspiracies and you know the theories. After 1913, I'm pretty sure they just had to uh, put in actors to be president. And that's all we've seen ever since then. It's just a show. It's just scripts and theater, theater for the slave class ever since. And it will continue being that way until we choose not to, (laughs) until we choose to not give our consent and our compliance to them. That's what we're going to get as actors. And I'm pretty sure Theodore Roosevelt was kind of just the last crusher. I'm pretty sure, I haven't really looked into it too much, but I've heard theories that he was bloodline related. He was blue blood. He was connected to, like, rich people and influential people. But I also think he was just the last, like, real man who just made his own decisions, who, like, did things. Like, he probably took bribes. There was probably blackmail over his head and stuff, but... I think he was just genuinely a man, trying to be a man, trying to help America be a place of men, men of God, you know. But um, after that, they uh, the goblins controlling the banks, <laughs> all the goblins uh, in, in charge of our banking system and uh, the energy cartels um, made sure to make our government and our presidents nothing but actors and puppets ever since. So shout out Teddy Roosevelt. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. But let's move on. This is a poem I have read. It's amazing. It's awesome. I wanted to play this, and then after that, we'll watch some C.S. Lewis clips, and we'll call it a day. But yeah, this is "If I Were the Devil" by Paul Harvey. This is amazing. So let it let it soak in. Let it sink in the the depth, the reality of this of this poem. It's awesome. "If I Were the Devil" by Paul Harvey. Hey
2: and thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I kinda wanna play that again. But as I was watching that, I Googled it and uh, to try to find the, the script, and I found this hilarious Snopes.com article. You know, trustworthy, reliable, Snopes.com. <laughs> Who, um, yeah. It, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. They're trying so hard to discredit it. But um, basically, they're saying that there are um, essays floating around the internet that are um, like manipulations of this poem. <clears throat> A transcript reproduces radio commentator Paul Harvey's essay entitled "If I Were the Devil," and it's a mixture. It's a mixture of true and wrong. <laughs> ah, the doubt. Satan is busy, you know. Satan is busy. True and wrong, you know. How do how do we discredit this uh, profoundly insightful observation about how Satan's working in society? uh let's say it's a mix of true (laughs) let's put let's cast doubt into if i were the devil what would i do to discredit the 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 speech if i were a devil (laughs) if i were the devil what would i do to cast doubt upon paul harvey's if i were a devil um I would say it's a mixture of true and false claims. (laughs) I'd leave it vague and I'd try to make some long giant article explaining how tiny little words and phrases were added or taken out in other people's um, memes and posts and sharings about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But from what I know, from what I can see, the one we did play was his real version. Actually the real transcript, not the fake ones that circulate. But yeah, that's just so profound. That's so profound. It's just so, I mean, that's exactly, I mean, the point of the devil, Satan's plan is to subvert and invert. He infiltrates what's good and seeks to turn it upside down. He tries to make the good, the true, and the beautiful into the evil, the false, and the ugly. You know, just a liar. He can't create. He's not beautiful. He has no sense of what's good he just corrupts he just inverts he seeks to turn god's truth into earthly falsehoods he tries to turn what's good what's what's truly good about everything into what's evil into what's bad and tries to make whatever whatever is beautiful in the world whatever is you know all the love and beauty of the world into ugliness and falsehood the great deceiver that is satan and so when you write it down it becomes very profound when you start to critically think about everything happening around you um, in that sense (laughs) is what is what is good true and beautiful in reality in nature in god's creation being subverted and flipped upside down are men becoming women and women becoming men are men starting to date and fornicate with other men instead of wives Are people starting to, you know, exit reality and enter into their um, their drugged-out mental states? <laughs> like, are you, are people not looking out anymore into reality and trying to look inwards into a fake reality, the fake reality of the screens and the video games and the drugs and the movies? Um, everything's just being subverted. Everything flips upside down. And yeah. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and defy science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbols of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas, a bottle. Shots fired. And what do you bet I could get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich? Think about how much gambling we do, even like your insurance, your health care insurance, your call insurance, all that is gambling. All of that is saying like, I will pay you some money this month because maybe next month I'll get hurt and I'll need, I'll need help <laughs> instead of paying as you go, you know, debt, like taking out debt, like taking out mortgages on houses and stuff like you're gambling. You're not, I mean, it's, it's usury. We're going to talk about this on a future stream too. I'm going to talk about usury, spiritual usury, financial usury and physical usury. Um, but that's just gambling. It's just risking things. It's saying, I want something now and I'll pay you later. I'm risking my future for the sake of now. <laughs> or I'm risking my now for the sake of my future. Um, instead of just working with and in the environment you've been provided. you know, Doing what you can with what you've been given and building and growing what you possibly can, given what you are... Uh, given i guess given what's around you given what you have been provided yeah i would caution against extremes and hard work and patriotism in moral conduct i would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned that swinging is more fun that what you see on the tv is the way to be and thus i could undress you in public and i could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep on doing what he's doing. So we'll play this again. Yeah, Play this again. Pay attention. Think about your life, every one of your decisions in your life, everyone in your family's life, everyone in your community's life, and everyone in the society at large's life. And think about this. Think truly if this is possible and if this is already happening. Think about that in the in the final sentence. We're going to rewatch this. Think about that final sentence and linger on it. Think about it. Ponder upon it. If I were the devil, if you were the devil, would you just keep on doing what you're doing? Would you just keep letting society progress, quote unquote progress and so, quote unquote advance into the way it's turning into? And does that show you that the devil is busy? satan is busy and he is working in and through and around and all about us and what are you going to do about it (laughs) what are you going to do about it are you going to complain on twitter or are you going to crush are you going to overcome are you going to spiritually overcome and are you going to physically go out and crush but we'll watch this again and just think about it linger on it smoke on it if i were the devil if i
2: were the devil And I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing.
0: If I were the devil, I'd keep on doing what he's doing. And this is a pretty profound thought in the beginning. I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States i'd subvert the churches first i'd make them weak i'd make them weak and emotional I'd make them trapped in their songs and their feelings and not dedicated to standing up and speaking out for what's right i'd make them so worried about their money i'd give them tax breaks and so so worried about having big fancy buildings instead of actually leading souls to christ to god through christ i wouldn't focus on following i think this is me not the not the poem but I wouldn't have them focused on following Jesus, picking up their cross and carrying it and following Jesus, being willing to sacrifice everything and be persecuted for Jesus, for our God, for the gift of our life. I wouldn't be willing to sacrifice for my God. Oh no, 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 you just need to worship him. You just need to sing songs about him. You just need to throw your hands up and close your eyes and feel good and say out loud that that Jesus is your God. Without actually following him, without actually putting in the work and taking the steps towards following Christ. Um, That's what that's what Satan would do. He'd build you a big, giant church, a big, fancy mega church, you know, with fancy bricks and fancy floors and fancy stages and light shows and fog machines and, you know, sound effects. And he'd let you have all the Instagram videos and um, YouTube channels and clicks and likes and followers and watchers and subscribers and all of the things that are going to keep you trapped in a place of not speaking up and standing up, speaking out and standing up for what's right and following God truly to the word. Yeah, I'd subvert the churches first. <laughs> I'd subvert The churches first I'd make them weak physically weak emotionally unstable and spiritually broken and spiritually distant from you their creator that's what Satan would do first I wonder if that's what's happening in America you know hmm hmm I wonder if the churches have been subverted by Satan hmm hmm I wonder hmm (laughs) i'd begin with a campaign of whispers with the wisdom of a serpent i would whisper to you as i whispered to eve do as you please do as you please do what makes you feel good do what makes you feel good not what's right sing songs about jesus and feel good about jesus don't follow him and be willing to sacrifice yourself and be persecuted in and by and for his name To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would get on TikTok and talk about how the Bible is a myth. How scriptural literalism is wrong and foolish and silly. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confine that what's good is bad what's good is square and the old i would teach to pray after me our father which art in washington yeah (laughs) yeah so there's that i'm gonna be reading the screw tape letters like i said earlier in the stream we got it right here it's on the top of my reading my reading pile is the screw tape letters next um, and I believe it's, it covers, I've never read it. I keep, I've had it recommended probably tens of times, probably at least 15, if not like 20 or 30 times by different people, um, in my life, <laughs> in my, in my churches, my Bible study groups and whatnot. And all of you fine people keep recommending I read that. So that's next on my reading list. And I'll be doing a stream in the future about that. And I'll probably bring this, um, poem back up when I do that stream. Cause it's very profound. Satan inverts what's good. The good, the true, and the beautiful. Satan seeks to invert all three of those things. He wants everything to be bad, false, and ugly. And that's the society we live in. And as the poem ends, if I were the devil, I'd just keep on doing what he's doing. I would just keep on doing what's working in and around us right now. Senevacanta says, In my lived experience... It is my lived experience. It's effing true. It's the usury fact. Dante gets it. Yeah, da- I'm going to have to deep dive into Dante later. Later this year, I'm reading some of these books. I have a big reading list I'm going to read and do book review streams. And then I plan on next fall and next winter really diving deep into, like, St. Augustine and and uh, Dante. And a lot of the early Church Fathers um, dive more into the Desert Fathers. I've already done a stream on that, but I want to dive deeper into those guys. And really just... Think of and get into the ancient, quote unquote, ancient uh, philosophical arguments um, and get back to source. And E. Michael Jones, I'm reading, um, I'm going to be reading two E. Michael Jones books, which also are just really good deep dives into ancient thought blended and mixed into modern thought as well. Shout out E. Michael Jones, legend, crusher. (laughs) Um, I'm going to be reading Libido Dominante first and then um, Logos Rising in the summer. summer and into the fall and then i want to deep dive myself into augustino dante um usury is the only way to turn goodwill into a commodity yeah post jazz definitely yep what a poem yeah shout out blue bear thank you for tuning in my girl blue (laughs) you're my girl blue um Shalaga's got to run. He says, take care and God bless. Same to you, brother. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and for chatting. Um, go out and crush today. Son of cantus. I'd infiltrate the church and then subvert it with Vatican II. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I'd call all the set of acantists out there crazy and silly and stupid and and foolish. (laughs) That's what I'd do. Anyone who who doubts the the current Vatican structure and institution of power and the current Pope, um, anyone who doubts them is crazy and foolish and stupid and evil. Then I'd cripple it financially with late-term lawsuits and payouts for the homosexuality I used to infiltrate it. Yeah. (laughs) I may even sue to keep the Catholic brand name so that the Novus Ortis think they are still Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my girl, Blue. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. So yeah, we're going to watch some C.S. Lewis here. Um, some clips here. I have three clips. Um... We might only watch two because my tummy is starting to grumble because I am on a fast. I have just passed 24 hours of a fast of nothing but water and coffee. So my tummy is a grumbling. <laughs> tummy is a grumbling. Um, yeah, that's my new thing. On Friday, Friday is at noon. I eat a, a pretty big meal of meat and vegetables. And then I fast for 24 hours until Saturday afternoon. Um That's my new thing. So every time I stream Saturday morning, you're you're seeing me at like the final hours of a 24 hour fast. So yeah. It's usually it's usually bad the first night. It's usually like as I'm going to bed Friday night, I'm like pretty hungry. (laughs) Like really hungry. And then Saturday morning I'm pretty good, actually. And even today I'm like pretty good, but I'm just feeling the grumbles. I don't know if you can hear them, but I'm feeling the grumbles. Um, they are a-grumbling. They are a-rumbling and stumbling and grumbling. Yeah. <laughs> they might be making me delirious, so sorry if I'm <laughs> sounding a little crazy and a little delirious. But let's watch this. Um, some C.S. Lewis clips here. Um, and I'll get my thoughts after.
3: Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. SEXUAL MORALITY We must now consider Christian morality as regards sex, what Christians call the virtue of chastity. The Christian rule of chastity must not be confused with the social rule of modesty, in one sense of that word, i.e. propriety or decency. The social rule of propriety lays down how much of the human body should be displayed and what subjects can be referred to and in what words, according to the customs of a given social circle. Thus, while the rule of chastity is the same for all Christians at all times, the rule of propriety changes. A girl in the Pacific Islands wearing hardly any clothes and a Victorian lady completely covered in clothes might both be equally modest, proper or decent, according to the standards of their own societies, and both, for all we could tell by their dress, might be equally chaste, or equally unchaste. Some of the language which chaste women used in Shakespeare's time would have been used in the nineteenth century only by a woman completely abandoned. When people break the rule of propriety current in their own time and place, if they do so in order to excite lust in themselves or others, then they are offending against chastity. But if they break it through ignorance or carelessness, they are guilty only of bad manners. When, as often happens, they break it defiantly in order to shock or embarrass others, they are not necessarily being unchaste, but they are being uncharitable. For it is uncharitable to take pleasure in making other people uncomfortable i do not think that a very strict or fussy standard of propriety is any proof of chastity or any help to it and i therefore regard the great relaxation and simplifying of the rule which has taken place in my own lifetime as a good thing at its present stage however it has this inconvenience that people of different ages and different types do not all acknowledge the same standard and we hardly know where we are. While this confusion lasts, I think that old or old-fashioned people should be very careful not to assume that young or emancipated people are corrupt whenever they are, by the old standard, improper, and, in return, that young people should not call their elders prudes or puritans because they do not easily adopt the new standard a real desire to believe all the good you can of others and to make others as comfortable as you can will solve most of the problems chastity is the most unpopular of the christian virtues there is no getting away from it the christian rule is Either marriage with complete faithfulness to your partner, or else total abstinence. Now this is so difficult, and so contrary to our instincts, that obviously either Christianity is wrong, or our sexual instinct, as it now is, has gone wrong. One or the other. Of course, being a Christian, I think it is the instinct which has gone wrong. But I have other reasons for thinking so. The biological purpose of sex is children, just as the biological purpose of eating is to repair the body. Now, if we eat whenever we feel inclined and just as much as we want, it is quite true that most of us will eat too much, but not terrifically too much. One man may eat enough for two, but he does not eat enough for ten. The appetite goes a little beyond its biological purpose, but not enormously. But if a healthy young man indulged his sexual appetite whenever he felt inclined, and if each act produced a baby, then in ten years he might easily populate a small village. This appetite is in ludicrous and preposterous excess of its function. Or take it another way. You can get a large audience together for a striptease act, that is, to watch a girl undress on the stage. Now suppose you came to a country where you could fill a theatre by simply bringing a covered plate onto the stage and then slowly lifting the cover so as to let everyone see, just before the lights went out, that it contained a mutton chop or a bit of bacon. Would you not think that in that country something had gone wrong with the appetite for food? And would not anyone who had grown up in a different world think there was something equally queer about the state of the sex instinct among us? One critic said that if he found a country in which such striptease acts with food were popular, he would conclude that the people of that country were starving. He meant, of course, to imply that such things as the striptease act resulted not from sexual corruption, but from sexual starvation. I agree with him that if, in some strange land, we found that similar acts with mutton chops were popular, one of the possible explanations which would occur to me would be famine, but the next step would be to test our hypothesis by finding out whether, in fact, much or little food was being consumed in that country. If the evidence showed that a good deal was being eaten, then, of course, we should have to abandon the hypothesis of starvation and try to think of another one. In the same way, before accepting sexual starvation as the cause of the striptease, we should have to look for evidence that there is in fact more sexual abstinence in our age than in those ages when things like the striptease were unknown. But surely there is no such evidence. Contraceptives have made sexual indulgence far less costly within marriage and far safer outside it than ever before and public opinion is less hostile to illicit unions and even to perversion than it has been since pagan times. Nor is the hypothesis of starvation the only one we can imagine. Everyone knows that the sexual appetite, like our other appetites, grows by indulgence. Starving men may think much about food, but so do gluttons. The gorged as well as the famished like titillations. Here is a third point. You find very few people who want to eat things that really are not food, or to do other things with food instead of eating it. In other words, perversions of the food appetite are rare. But perversions of the sex instinct are numerous, hard to cure, and frightful. I'm sorry to have to go into all these details, but I must. The reason why I must is that you and I for the last twenty years have been fed all day long on good solid lies about sex. We have been told, till one is sick of hearing it, that sexual desire is in the same state as any of our other natural desires, and that if only we abandon the silly old Victorian idea of hushing it up, everything in the garden will be lovely. It is not true. The moment you look at the facts and away from the propaganda, you see that it is not. They tell you sex has become a mess because it was hushed up, but for the last twenty years it has not been hushed up. It has been chattered about all day long, yet it is still in a mess. If hushing up had been the cause of the trouble, ventilation would have set it right, but it has not. I think it is the other way round. I think. The human race originally hushed it up because it had become such a mess. Modern people are always saying, Sex is nothing to be ashamed of. They may mean two things. They may mean there is nothing to be ashamed of in the fact that the human race reproduces itself in a certain way nor in the fact that it gives pleasure. If they mean that, they are right christianity says the same it is not the thing nor the pleasure that is the trouble the old christian teachers said that if man had never fallen sexual pleasure instead of being less than it is now would actually have been greater i know some muddle-headed christians have talked as if christianity thought that sex or the body or pleasure were bad in themselves but they were wrong Christianity is almost the only one of the great religions which thoroughly approves of the body, which believes that matter is good, that God himself once took on a human body, that some kind of body is going to be given to us even in heaven, and is going to be an essential part of our happiness, our beauty, and our energy. Christianity has glorified marriage more than any other religion, and nearly all the greatest love poetry in the world has been produced by Christians. If anyone says that sex in itself is bad, Christianity contradicts him at once. But of course, when people say sex is nothing to be ashamed of, they may mean the state into which the sexual instinct has now got is nothing to be ashamed of. If they mean that, I think they are wrong. I think it is everything to be ashamed of. There is nothing to be ashamed of in enjoying your food. There would be everything to be ashamed of if half the world made food the main interest of their lives and spent their time looking at pictures of food and dribbling and smacking their lips. I do not say you and I are individually responsible for the present situation. Our ancestors have handed over to us organisms which are warped in this respect, and we grow up surrounded by propaganda in favour of unchastity. There are people who want to keep our sex instinct inflamed in order to make money out of us, because, of course, a man with an obsession is a man who has very little sales resistance. God knows our situation. He will not judge us as if we had no difficulties to overcome. What matters is the sincerity and perseverance of our will to overcome them. Before we can be cured, we must want to be cured. Those who really wish for help will get it. But for many modern people, even the wish is difficult. It is easy to think that we want something when we do not really want it. A famous Christian long ago told us that when he was a young man he prayed constantly for chastity, but years later he realised that while his lips had been saying, O Lord, make me chaste, his heart had been secretly adding, But please don't do it just yet. This may happen in prayers for other virtues too, but there are three reasons why it is now specially difficult for us to desire, let alone to achieve, complete chastity. In the first place, our warped natures, the devils who tempt us, and all the contemporary propaganda for lust combine to make us feel that the desires we are resisting are so natural, so healthy, and so reasonable that it is almost perverse and abnormal to resist them. Poster after poster, film after film, novel after novel, associate the idea of sexual indulgence with the ideas of health, normality, youth, frankness and good humour. Now this association is a lie. Like all powerful lies, it is based on a truth. The truth acknowledged below that sex in itself, apart from the excesses and obsessions that have grown round it, is normal and healthy and all the rest of it. The lie consists in the suggestion that any sexual act to which you are tempted at the moment is also healthy and normal. Now this, on any conceivable view, and quite apart from Christianity, must be nonsense. Surrender to all our desires obviously leads to impotence, disease, jealousies, lies, concealment, and everything that is the reverse of health, good humour, and frankness. For any happiness, even in this world, quite a lot of restraint is going to be necessary. So the claim made by every desire, when it is strong, to be healthy and reasonable counts for nothing. Every sane and civilised man must have some set of principles by which he chooses to reject some of his desires and to permit others. One man does this on Christian principles, another on hygienic principles, another on sociological principles. The real conflict is not between Christianity and nature, but between Christian principle and other principles in the control of nature. For nature, in the sense of natural desire, will have to be controlled anyway, unless you are going to ruin your whole life. The Christian principles are, admittedly, stricter than the others, but then we think you will get help towards obeying them, which you will not get towards obeying the others. In the second place, many people are deterred from seriously attempting Christian chastity because they think, before trying, that it is impossible. But when a thing has to be attempted, one must never think about possibility or impossibility. Faced with an optional question in an examination paper, one considers whether one can do it or not. Faced with a compulsory question, one must do the best one can. You may get some marks for a very imperfect answer. You will certainly get none for leaving the question alone. Not only in examinations, but in war, in mountain climbing, in learning to skate or swim or ride a bicycle, even in fastening a stiff collar with cold fingers, People quite often do what seemed impossible before they did it. It is wonderful what you can do when you have to. We may indeed be sure that perfect chastity, like perfect charity, will not be attained by any merely human efforts. You must ask for God's help. Even when you have done so, it may seem to you for a long time that no help or less help than you need is being given. Never mind after each failure ask forgiveness pick yourself up and try again very often what god first helps us towards is not the virtue itself but just this power of always trying again for however important chastity or courage or truthfulness or any other virtue may be this process trains us in habits of the soul which are more important still it cures our illusions about ourselves and teaches us to depend on god we learn on the one hand that we cannot trust ourselves even in our best moments and on the other that we need not despair even in our worst for our failures are forgiven the only fatal thing is to sit down content with anything less than perfection thirdly People often misunderstand what psychology teaches about repressions. It teaches us that repressed sex is dangerous. But repressed is here a technical term. It does not mean suppressed in the sense of denied or resisted. A repressed desire or thought is one which has been thrust into the subconscious, usually at a very early age, and can now come before the mind only in a disguised and unrecognisable form. Repressed sexuality does not appear to the patient to be sexuality at all. When an adolescent or an adult is engaged in resisting a conscious desire, he is not dealing with a repression, nor is he in the least danger of creating a repression. On the contrary, those who are seriously attempting chastity are more conscious and soon know a great deal more about their own sexuality than anyone else. They come to know their desires as Wellington knew Napoleon or as Sherlock Holmes knew Moriarty, as a rat-catcher knows rats or a plumber knows about leaky pipes. Virtue, even attempted virtue, brings light. Indulgence brings fog. Finally, though I have had to speak at some length about sex, I want to make it as clear as I possibly can that the centre of Christian morality is not here. If anyone thinks that Christians regard unchastity as the supreme vice, he is quite wrong. The sins of the flesh are bad, but they are the least bad of all sins. All the worst pleasures are purely spiritual. The pleasure of putting other people in the wrong of bossing and patronizing and spoiling sport and backbiting the pleasures of power of hatred for there are two things inside me competing with the human self which i must try to become they are the animal self and the diabolical self the diabolical self is the worse of the two That is why a cold, self righteous prig who goes regularly to church may be far nearer to hell than a prostitute. But of course, it is better to be neither. Trumpet, simplifying summer. How far away from the beach?
0: Of course, it ends with some weird commercial. (laughs) Some weird sexual commercial. Yeah, that was pretty profound. For all of you who didn't tune off during that, uh, thank you for hearing that out. Some quick notes. Chastity, courage, truthfulness, unselfishness, hope, and love. The righteous path to bliss. To real bliss and pure light. Chastity, courage, truthfulness, and unselfishness a man with an obsession has very little sales resistance i've talked about this a lot on my streams before Um, the supply and demand of sex and how it enslaves us how our addiction to flesh pleasures enslaves us how rulers and corporations push degeneracy upon us Um, they push pleasure on us because it makes us animalistic it makes us addicted it makes us voluntarily enslaved (laughs) to the physical And it makes us easily manipulated. It keeps us buying their stuff and obeying their rules because we are addicted to what they have provided. We have become the demand and they have become the supply. Um, A man with an obsession has very little sales resistance. That was a profound quote in the middle. Um, He also just profound little packing, packing profound little truths that pack a big punch throughout that whole clip but he said before being cured we must want being cured you have to seek salvation before you are afforded it you have to be you have to choose to overcome the flaws in you and the evil in your heart before it you can be cured before you can be born again a man prayed for chastity his lips were saying Lord make me chaste but his heart was saying but not yet. So do people really want the cure, or do they want to say they want the cure? Do they want it one day, or do they want to actually take the steps to making it happen? I think that happens with a lot of us. I have a problem with food. What he was saying about food, I've overcome my sex urges, but I have not overcome my food, my gluttony urges, my desire for tasty food and feeling full. Um, And I pray for help, but do I really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) <laughs> that's my that's my my big flaw right now in my life is that is overcoming that. Um am I really willing to put in the work? Which is why I haven't been fasting, which is why I've been actually dieting. I've been cutting the sugar out, I've been cutting the carbs out of my diet. Um But yeah. I mean I got a little belly on me right now because I've been asking God to help me with my gluttony, my gluttonous ways, but I've in my heart You know, my lips are saying, Lord, help me. I want to overcome my gluttony. And my heart was saying, but I really want to eat that mac and cheese. (laughs) But I really want pizza tonight. Uh, Lord, help me. You know, my lips. Lord, help me overcome my my urges. But with my heart, I was saying, I'm going to go eat some pizza tonight, though. (laughs) So at some point, you have to match it. Your lips have to match what your heart truly wants when it comes to whatever sins you're dealing with in your own life and struggles you're dealing with. Um, Yeah. Sex is normal, healthy, and necessary. I think that's a very crucial point. Sex is normal, healthy, and it's necessary (laughs) to procreate, to continue your lineage, to reproduce life on this earth. But the excesses, the perversions, and the obsession about it are not. Sex is normal, healthy, and necessary, but the excesses, perversions, and obsessions about it are not. They are destructive and deadly. Obedience to God and not your own flesh pleasures is what's true, good, and beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, the center of chastity center of Christian morality is not chastity. That was the big takeaway of the whole thing. You know, pretty profound thoughts the whole way about chastity and sexual perversions and immorality and urges and flesh pleasures. But that final point he was making about um, the fact that, yeah, he's talking about physical pleasures. He's talking about all these problems people have with physical um, pleasures and physical sins and physical addictions and the inability to overcome their physical wants and desires. But what's actually more important to worry about is your spiritual, your spiritual pleasures, your spiritual obsessions, your spiritual desires. Um, That idea of the diabolical self versus the animalistic self. (laughs) you know, Your soul versus the beast. The Churchian versus the Prostitute. Which one is actually better, which one's actually worse? Um, yeah. So, play a couple more clips. Yes, yes, Blue Bear, C.S. Lewis did get it. <laughs> C.S. Lewis was a true man of God. I'm loving him. The more and more I look up about him and read about him, the more I'm, I'm falling in love with his work and his uh, his spirit. Mere Christianity is fantastic. Yeah, I keep everyone keeps recommending me that. I'm going to be reading that sometime this summer or next fall. Uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Shout out Liberty Zero. Thank you for tuning in <laughs> and putting in with my thoughts and my insight. Um, this is inspiring. Amazing stream. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, thank you, Blue. Awesome. I'm having the same struggles. Yeah, everyone has, everyone has their own struggles. Satan plants seeds. every little person some people he knows he can manipulate and lead them astray from their creator from god from the truth from the light from what's good true and beautiful satan knows that everyone has different paths that lead them astray some people it's their sex some people it's their food some people it's their lies some people it's their, their you know their envy their wrath their anger their resentment their cowardice their fear their dishonesty whatever it is different people have problems with different things I used to have a lot of problems. <laughs> I mean, check, 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 check. <laughs> I've had a, I used to be such an addict, such a liar, such a cheater, such a just degenerate. I mean, abdict, addicted to constantly being high, smoking weed all day, every day, smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol. I really like the pleasure of feeling like out of body in my own mind. Feeling good. I just constantly felt, wanted to feel good. Um, having sex with women. um, porn when I couldn't, <laughs> you know, just constant feeling good. I wanted to feel good all the time. And I've spent the last two years overcoming all of those. And I've pretty much, I mean, I haven't had sex in over two years, I haven't watched porn in over a year. I haven't masturbated in like a month and a half now, and I usually go a month or maybe a month and a half without doing it, and I only, basically I only do it just out of necessity at this point, just to make sure the, uh, it's all still working, you know? <laughs> but my, my, my lust urges have been conquered, you know, truly conquering my lust urges. Um, I've overcome lying. I've overcome cowardice and fear. You know, that's like, I've overcome a lot of things like cheating. I have no willing, no desire or willingness to cheat or to lie or to steal or to, you know, just things, things that I've overcome. There's also things I have not overcome yet that I'm still working on. Like eating too much, not exercising enough, not planning ahead, not, you know, or, you know, looking too far ahead and looking too far into my past, lingering on my past problems with envy and pride and vanity. Um, You know, there's still problems like and Satan will plant those seeds wherever he can. He will constantly keep planting the seeds. When you overcome a few things, Satan might give up on trying to tempt you with those things and he'll move on to the next. He'll really double down on tempting you with gluttonous ways if he knows that gluttony is the one one thing you have yet to overcome. So yeah, everyone has their struggles; they're all different. Everyone has different paths, and Satan will use—he will plant seeds all over and throughout your life to lead you astray and to tempt you astray. But you have to be willing to seek out and overcome um, those things and follow God. Truly follow God. Um. Before being cured, we must want to be cured. That's so profound. You know, it's like if you're a liar and a cheater, until you really truly, in your heart, not with your lips, not saying it out loud, but with your true intentions and your true heart and your true passion in your spirit, um, when you decide that you are no longer going to lie and cheat, that is when you are cured. That is when you will no longer lie and cheat. Not just saying it out loud, not just telling people to hold you accountable, not just, you know, confessing um, with your lips, but truly repenting in your heart and truly overcoming your problems and your flaws and your sins in your heart. And, yeah, everyone's path is different. Some people are the same. (laughs) Yeah. So rant over. We'll watch this next one. I feel like I haven't seen this one, but I feel like it's going to be good. It's called The Necessity of Chivalry by C.S. Lewis. And then the last one is a great one, and we'll call it a day.
4: The Necessity of Chivalry by C.S. Lewis The word chivalry has meant, at different times, a good many different things, from heavy cavalry to giving a woman a seat in a train. But if we want to understand chivalry as an ideal distinct from other ideals, if we want to isolate that particular conception of a man comme il faut, which was the special contribution of the Middle Ages to our culture, we cannot do better than turn to the words addressed to the greatest of all the imaginary knights in Mallory's Mortato. Thou wert the meekest man, says the rector to the dead Lancelot, thou wert the meekest man that ever ate in hall among ladies, and thou wert the sternest knight to thy mortal foe that ever put spear in the rest. The important thing about this ideal is, of course, the double demand it makes on human nature. The knight is a man of blood and iron, a man familiar with the sight of smashed faces and the ragged stumps of lopped-off limbs. He is also a demure, almost a maiden-like guest in hall, a gentle, modest, unobtrusive man. He is not a compromise or happy mean between ferocity and meekness. He is fierce to the nth and meek to the nth when Lancelot had himself pronounced the best knight in the world, he wept as he had been a child that had been beaten. What, you may ask, is the relevance of this ideal to the modern world? It is terribly relevant. It may or may not be practicable. The Middle Ages notoriously failed to obey it. But it is certainly practical. Practical is the fact that men in a desert must find water or die. Let us be quite clear that the ideal is a paradox. Most of us, having grown up among the ruins of the chivalrous tradition, were taught in our youth that a bully is always a coward. Our first week at school refuted this lie, along with its corollary that a truly brave man is always gentle. It is a pernicious lie, because it misses the real novelty and originality of the medieval demand upon human nature. Worse still, It represents, as a natural fact, something which is really a human ideal, nowhere fully attained, and nowhere attained at all without arduous discipline. It is refuted by history and experience. Homer's Achilles knows nothing of the demand that the brave should also be the modest and the merciful. He kills men as they cry for quarter, or takes them prisoner to kill them at leisure. The heroes of the sagas know nothing of it they are as stern to inflict as they are stubborn to endure. Attila had a custom of fiercely rolling his eyes as if he wished to enjoy the terror which he inspired. Even the Romans, when gallant enemies fell into their hands, led them through the streets for a show, and cut their throats in cellars when the show was over. At school we found that the hero of the first fifteen might well be a noisy, arrogant, overbearing bully in the last war we often found that the man who was invaluable in a show was a man for whom in peacetime we could not easily find room except in dartmoor prison such is heroism by nature heroism outside the chivalrous tradition the medieval ideal brought together two things which have no natural tendency to gravitate towards one another it brought them together for that very reason it taught humility and forbearance to the great warrior Because everyone knew by experience how much he usually needed that lesson. It demanded valour of the urbane and modest man, because everyone knew that he was as likely as not to be a milksop. In doing so, the Middle Ages fixed on the one hope of the world. It may or may not be possible to produce by the thousand men who combine the two sides of Lancelot's character. But if it is not possible, then all talk of any lasting happiness or dignity in human society is pure moonshine. If we cannot produce Lancelots, humanity falls into two sections—those who can deal in blood and iron but cannot be meek in hall, and those who are meek in hall but useless in battle. For the third class, who are both brutal in peace and cowardly in war, need not here be discussed. When this dissociation of the two halves of Lancelot occurs, history becomes a horribly simple affair. The ancient history of the Near East is like that. Hardy barbarians swarm down from their highlands and obliterate a civilization. Then they become civilized themselves and go soft. Then a new wave of barbarians comes down and obliterates them. Then the cycle begins over again. Modern machinery will not change this cycle it will only enable the same thing to happen on a larger scale. Indeed, nothing much else can ever happen if the stern and the meek fall into two mutually exclusive classes. And never forget that this is their natural condition. The man who combines both characters, the knight, is a work not of nature but of art, of that art which has human beings instead of canvas or marble for its medium. In the world today there is a liberal or enlightened tradition which regards the combative side of man's nature as a pure atavistic evil and scouts the chivalrous sentiment as part of the false glamour of war. And there is also a neo-heroic tradition which scouts the chivalrous sentiment as a weak sentimentality which would raise from its grave, its shallow and unquiet grave, the pre-Christian ferocity of Achilles by a modern invocation. Already in our own Kipling the heroic qualities of his favourite subalterns are dangerously removed from meekness and urbanity. One cannot quite imagine the adult Stolke in the same room with the best of Nelson's captains, still less with Sidney. These two tendencies between them weave the world's shroud. Happily we live better than we write, better than we deserve, Lancelot is not yet irrecoverable. To some of us this war brought a glorious surprise in the discovery that, after twenty years of cynicism and cocktails, the heroic virtues were still unimpaired in the younger generation, and ready for exercise the moment they were called upon. Yet with this sternness there is much meekness. From all I hear, the young pilots in the RAF, to whom we owe our life from hour to hour, are not less but more urbane and modest than the 1915 model. In short, there is still life in the tradition which the Middle Ages inaugurated. But the maintenance of that life depends, in part, on knowing that the knightly character is art, not nature, something that needs to be achieved, not something that can be relied upon to happen. And this knowledge is specially necessary as we grow more democratic. In previous centuries, The vestiges of chivalry were kept alive by a specialized class, from whom they spread to other classes, partly by imitation and partly by coercion. Now, it seems, the people must either be chivalrous on its own resources, or else choose between the two remaining alternatives of brutality and softness. This is, indeed, part of the general problem of a classless society, which is too seldom mentioned. Will its ethos be a synthesis of what was best in all the classes, or a mere pool with the sediment of all and the virtues of none? But that is too large a subject for the fag-end of an article. My theme is chivalry. I have tried to show that this old tradition is practical and vital. The ideal embodied in Lancelot is escapism, in a sense never dreamed of by those who use that word. It offers the only possible escape from a world divided between wolves who do not understand and sheep who cannot defend the things which make life desirable. There was, to be sure, a rumour in the last century that wolves would gradually become extinct by some natural process. But this seems to have been an exaggeration.
0: Yeah, pretty profound. Yeah, that concept of wolves versus sheep. There's always gonna be both. And that concept of barbarians who conquer um, become civilized. And then those who become civilized get conquered by barbarians. And then those barbarians become civilized. Um, Yeah, that whole concept, that general just idea of hard times make strong men, strong men make good times, good times, make weak men, weak men make hard times. Um, just natural cycles, natural cycles and hard, hard work, (laughs) hard work in the hard times make strong men. And that's what we need right now. That's the point of my life mission right now is to do that myself and to encourage all you guys out there to do that. Um, give you advice and some, some, some tips and some insights and some motivation to do that yourself year of the crush is upon us my dudes <laughs> it's time to return to God it's time to crush again um, anger fear despair um, all the nonsense all the lies it's all it all needs to be put behind us at this point um, our country our society our people our brothers our sisters our parents our grandparents they lived immoral pleasure-filled lives that led us down dark roads and into the darkness and evil is currently sweeping over our lands, not just politically, not just economically, but socially and spiritually. And it is time to rise up, it's time to overcome that. It's time to be the good we wanna see in the world. And that's what my point here, is to inspire you guys to do that, to also get encouragement from you guys in my chat, in my Discord, on my social media, all the people I'm interacting with in my PO box, like be my pen pal, just everyone out there, this mutually beneficial relationship where we're teaching each other, we're inspiring each other, we're helping each other grow and crush <laughs> and become the legends, become the good we want to see in the world. Um, yeah. The time the time to crush is upon us. Mount Crushmore. Find your place there. Um, yeah. So... I was going to end with one more, but I want to end the stream and not just keep going. (laughs) Um, There's a good one if you want to go out and look it up by C.S. Lewis. Um, Hope by C.S. Lewis. Um, Snippets from a a book of his. I'm not sure which book, but um, it was a really good one. I think it was like 10 minutes or 15 minutes long. But instead, we're just going to call it a day. I'm going to end with If Again by Rudyard Kipling for some final inspiration, some final insights for you. Um, Thank you all for tuning in. I love you all. I appreciate you all. Um, I hope you go out and have a great weekend right now. And I hope you go forward into the end of your life, into the journey you're on right now. Go forward into your destiny um, righteously and nobly and chivalrously. <laughs> go out and crush. Go out and build and grow and protect and provide. Be fruitful and multiply. Um, be good. Do good. Love and be loved. And as always, Maintain your faith, your loyalty, and your hope, and trust that God will provide and protect for you. Let go and let God, always, um, and reconnect to Him. Know that He is your Lord and follow Him. Don't only worship Him, but follow Him. Um, And have a great day, guys. I love you all.
1: if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting. Or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream, and not make dreams your master. If you can think, and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools. Or watch the things you gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch-and-toss, and lose, and start again at your beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, And so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And, which is more, you'll be a man, my son.
0: Follow Sean on social media at Planet. His podcast audio is on the Planet channel on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. His videos are on YouTube and BitChute. Live streams on DLive and Twitch. Blogs, links, and other stuff can be found at SeanBPlanet.com. A lot of my artwork comes from a good man and friend of mine, Timmy J., Follow him on Instagram at S-W-I-T-C-H-B-A-X. His company Mountain Folk is amazing. They promote artists, they create mesmerizing art, and they sell comfy clothing that helps support groups that are fighting against human trafficking. Be sure to follow at F-O-L-K-M-T-N on Instagram as well as at M-T-N-F-O-L-K-S-H-O-P and be sure to shop at mtn.folk.shop. This is not a paid ad, just help good people do good things.